Well, with the lower mainland uh, policing handled by the RCMP and municipal police forces, I don't think it's a stretch to say we have a fragmented policing system uh, in the lower mainland with gaps in information sharing. Uh, And as Surrey works through a costly back and forth uh, between the RCMP and SPS, uh, critics have long said multiple policing agencies really are a weakness in our system, and that our balkanized structure comes out in spades during came out during uh, came out came out in spades during the uh, Picton inquiry. Now, in that case, notorious serial killer Robert Lee Picton picked up women from Vancouver's downtown east side and took them to his farm in Port Coquitlam to be killed. A failure to share information between the RCMP and Port Coquitlam and the Vancouver police allowed Picton to prey on his victims undetected. Our next guest is a Vancouver Sun columnist, uh, Ian Mulgrew. Uh, he has written a column uh, in today's Vancouver Sun that looks at a regional police force. I highly recommend uh, you pick it up, uh, take a read, Google it if, uh, if you can. Uh, it's worth reading because he does uh, really look at the issue, not only the Surrey issue, but what's been transpiring in Vancouver as well. And I wanted to bring him on to talk about this because he's been a long time uh, a crime and court reporter and he knows the system well. Ian, welcome to the show, my friend. Oh, hi, Ian, are you there? Oh. Hi, I am here. Sorry, Jazz. <laughs> okay, not a problem. I thought we lost you. It was you a delight to be with you to chat. Yeah, absolutely. Well, let's chat a little bit about this. Now, you've covered policing in the courts, as I've said, for decades. Um, you uh, obviously haven't come to this conclusion today in regards to a, a regional uh, a police force, a Metro Vancouver police force. What prompted the column for you today? Well, basically the politicization of policing that we have seen over the last few years, really since police officers were allowed to unionize. In the olden days, you know, when I was young, <laughs> <laughs> I came to this province a, just before Clifford Olson, Canada's first modern serial killer, began his spree in 1981. And and. He killed, like, 12 children and young people. And after the investigation, it was decided the RCMP and municipal patchwork quilt that we had of policing needed to be replaced. There was a coroner's inquiry, and they recommended the area move to that kind of policing because the patchwork meant people like Clifford Olson and then later... Robert Picton, who had learned from Clifford Olson, repeated the same kinds of murderous crimes. And today we still haven't gotten rid of that patchwork, even though the committee is recommending it, even though Wally Opal remembered it, uh, recommended it after a royal commission. I mean, it's got to be changed. It, it's been too long, and now all of the flaws are beginning to show because of the population increase and the number of, you know, cross-jurisdictional issues that we're facing. Mm -hmm. Uh, With the situation in Surrey, and I'll get to Vancouver in a second, the situation in Surrey specifically at this point, uh, whether it's RCMP or uh, Surrey Police Service, one could argue it doesn't really, like, it It shouldn't be going through a municipality. This should be the provincial government driving this. And what we're, what we're seeing now in, in Surrey is is just a, just the wrong way to, to sort of drive this home and to implement a municipal police force, or at least a police force that is answerable to local authorities. 
I think what's happened in Surrey is an example of what, why we need to move to a different policing structure in the province. The RCMP needs to be replaced, and so do some of our municipal departments. And we need to move to a different model, like the FBI or like Scotland Yard, where you are not getting into the police force by having a grade 12 education and a six-month training course at the Justice Institute. And, you know, we shouldn't have police forces that sort of tell us that the civilian oversight is not, not doesn't cover them, that they don't have to answer to anyone. And, and that's kind of where we've got to. I mean, we have the situation in Nova Scotia where, you know, the public inquiry um, is being run by rules dictated by the police officers who are under scrutiny. And that's crazy. And in and, and Ottawa, the inquiry into the emergency uh, declaration earlier this year is also sort of uh, running along, hearing from people saying the same sort of things, and they don't have to answer to the public. And uh, if only we understood the threats that we're, we're facing. I mean, that's what has to change. We have to start to, A, realize how much extra money this is costing the taxpayers, and we have to direct that money to where we need it in, uh, in our country. Um, think about how many administrations are um, needless, how many municipal departments we have in the lower mainland, how much the how, human resources, how much all of the civilian staff costs, how much the extra chief salaries and the number of, you know, assistant chiefs cost. It's ridiculous. Uh, the issue of the Vancouver Police Department uh, recently, they had the social safety net report that, that's come out. Uh, there's complaints as always, have always been that, look, if we had a region-wide police force, uh, communities like Port Coquitlam, even communities like Surrey would say, wait a minute, the majority of resources go, would go into Vancouver proper and communities like Port Coquitlam or Surrey would suffer because the, the, the inertia sometimes is to, you know, spend more policing dollars in the downtown core or in and around the, the, the city core and less in, less in other um, uh, suburbs. What do you say to that argument? I say that it's invalid and not true. I think that uh, one of the reasons that many of our um, policing goals are not being met is because of the jurisdictional crossing by the gangsters and some of the other criminals that are operating. Um, if you're a policeman in Delta, a policeman in New Westminster, you, you stop at the municipal boundary. And that's a big problem in a jurisdiction like this, as it is in other metropolitan areas that have moved to the regional model. I think the regional model, which is not without its flaws, I'm not trying to suggest that this is a panacea for policing at all. I'm just saying that administratively, a, a regional model looks like it would provide better, cheaper, more effective um, policing and um, the taxpayer would uh, be, be happier, and uh, I think uh, the police, police officers could then be, uh, you know, better trained because you could set different uh, rules for hiring them. And uh, quite frankly, I think most of them should be de-armed, um, just like the British model that you have uh, 
a number of police officers during your uh, shifts who are ready to respond in various parts of the city if armed uh, response is needed. Uh, but otherwise, the uh, other officers are looked on as members of the community like the uh, Bobbies that created our model of policing, you know, 200 odd years ago. Uh, final question to you. Ultimately, this has to be driven by Victoria, not one municipality. How confident are you there is any appetite for this today and now, considering you were mentioning Clifford Olson in the early 1980s? You mentioned Robert Picton. I, I covered a lot of that in my early days as a reporter. Uh, how confident are you that we're going to get to this point where we'll have a, a regional police force? Or are we going to wait another generation or two in your mind? Um, Jazz, I'm asking myself why I'm bashing my head against this wall because it's not coming down like the walls of Jericho. It's not <laughs> going to happen. Um, uh, police are too much a part of the political system, and they don't want this patchwork to be replaced by a regional um, structure. They don't want the current structure, which invests each officer as a kind of uh, official of the legal system, and therefore that's what makes them so hard to fire. And if we move to a non-military sort of structure, then their pensions are going to be like yours and mine, payable um, uh, down the road, and not collectible, you know, the minute you retire, and uh, wouldn't be as rich and all the rest of it. Um, A lot of the things uh, that are wrong with policing are uh, the legacy. Um, You know, to be be frank, uh, Canadians and immigrants and uh, European-descended people, especially from the British Isles, see a Mountie as a kind of Disney character like Dudley Do-Right. And they don't appreciate that for our indigenous people, the kind of atrocities that were carried out, when they look at the Mounty uniform and the Stetson, they see General Custer. Hmm. Ian, uh, I, I get where you're coming from. This is a, uh, this is a very interesting conversation and uh, one that I think is deeply needed uh, over and over and over again in our in, in our region here, I know Surrey uh, takes up a lot of attention, but I did want to touch on this with your experience with the police and covering a court system. Uh, I thought your column today was bang on, and it's one that we need to be having uh, really talk about over and over again. So thank you for your time today, my friend. Always a delight.